0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at mattjonestfr, and today I am joined by Josh Perry. You can find him on Twitter at Joshua Perry 22, and obviously all of his work uh, over at the Action Network. What's what's going on, man? How we doing? Oh, not
1: much. Uh, just kicking back, looking for for a way to dodge DJ this week. Seems like it's gonna <laughs> might be another boat race for him, but yeah. Just, uh, same old, same old.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, an, an exciting week. It seemed like it, there was going to be a lot of low scores, and then he just kind of, kind of lapped everybody and uh, and didn't really, didn't really give anybody else a shot.
1: Yeah, that's the problem with him. Like, I mean, if you got him, it's great because he's a great front runner. He's not really one to blow up too often. He usually, or at least not anymore. He's uh, he's kind of figured a way to stabilize all that stuff, and yeah, he's it's getting scary right now because if he's going to carry that over, then U S open might be some trouble and everything's going to be, uh, be rough to find some value around him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, we, I've done a sort of a, a little bit of a series, uh, over the past couple of weeks talking about, uh, talking to some, some smart people like yourself, getting into some, uh, some betting process and, uh, not necessarily, talking too much about the week slate but just sort of uh, you know making our way through uh, how you approach uh, a normal week and obviously this week is a little different right only 70 guys in the field no cuts uh, some people some people would not uh, would not necessarily describe that as a particularly exciting week uh, just to start off what what's your what's your approach uh, generally for for this kind of week versus uh, you know a full field, cut event uh sort of deal what how do you approach it differently
1: yeah i mean for me i'm only doing outright stuff from betting i don't have dfs i'm in arizona so we can't play uh fan uh draft games, anything like that it's, right you just don't have access to it so it's just strictly betting for what i do um with that um it's not really a whole lot different um it's all trend towards more the top of the board with the wgc type events or an event like this playoff events than I would in the normal weeks. Um, I usually don't dip below like 30 to 1 type plays. Um this week, last week, um, I'll I'll throw in a 20, 20 to five, something like that to right. start it off. I, I won't, as opposed to like other weeks where I'll look for more long shots this week. I mean, we've kind of seen it throughout the past five, six years. Like it, it's basically the cream of the crop who wins these events. Like you can kind of look for like. Maybe some top twenty value, top ten type plays, but for the most part, it's it's strictly looking at the top of the board and maybe trying to find one or two mid tier type guys, fifty, sixty to one, who have a chance to
0: to sneak out a top five or something like that. But that's kind of how
1: I would approach it this week.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I guess backing up a little bit, uh, what's your what's your sort of uh, uh, how did you get into golf? All right. Were you a, a big golfer uh, growing up? Is this more of like uh, you? you're a, a gambler and you found a, a good niche with with the golf stuff or some combination maybe
1: yeah it's combo kind of like everybody uh, I played golf in high school I wasn't good but my team the guys on my team were there was like 3d1 guys so we were able to to qualify in I was like at that spot where my score was never ever ever gonna count under any circumstances unless like four guys had to withdraw so I could just like go and play. And get out of school like twenty days a year just to go play golf, <laughs> and then there was no pressure on me to ever have to do anything because the the good guys would take care of that. I'd go out, I'd go out and shoot like 90, 85, something like that on a decent day, and they'd be shooting like one two under par three under par something like that. So it's just like yeah, we're good. But but you t- could take like eight or ten guys, so I'd kind of cruise into that eight nine hole and just go right. and go play around. Um, And then gambling wise, I mean, kind of got into betting in college, like a lot of people do. No, no shock there. Um, Golf betting. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where, I mean, when you're in that spot, you really only have 10, 20 bucks to play with. A lot of times if you're in college, it's just not rolling cash, obviously. (laughs) So, I mean, the the thought of betting 10 bucks to win like 909 on a basketball game against the spread or betting $11 winning 10 bucks on a football game, it didn't really do much for me. (laughs) So, I mean, you're like, oh, I can. I, I think what really, uh, what really flipped it for me was when Bubble won the Masters the first time. I think he's like 40, 45 to one, had like 20 bucks on that, turned it into like 800. And I was like, oh, well, this is a lot more entertaining than what I have been doing. Let's keep trying to do this. And slowly but surely, it's kind of bloomed into this over the last decade.
0: Yeah, trying to trying to grind out uh, beer money in college mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, minus 120 lines <laughs> is probably not uh, <laughs> not the most entertaining thing in the world. <laughs> nah, didn't work out very well. <laughs> so uh, as as far as your as far as your process, uh, I always think of just gambling and gamblers in general as sort of on a spectrum from, you know, you have guys on one end who have their model, the numbers. Don't really watch, don't really follow along much uh, as far as you know trying to like pick up, you, know, maybe enjoying the watching the sport itself and the sweat, but not really saying, oh, you know, I noticed this and this guy's swing, that kind of grind the tape uh, sort of stuff. And then there's guys on the other side uh, you know who who are just totally, you know, we I, I gotta watch, I gotta make sure I'm seeing everybody's swing. How is this guy trending and that kind of stuff. Where do you fall on that spectrum? uh like are you are you running sims are you building models uh what's what does that look like for you
1: um i try to keep it as simple as possible honestly um i'm not smart enough with the golf swing to notice that sort of stuff My, i'm not as good at like a lot of these guys are like former like club pros or they've gone through right. that sort of stuff so they can they can see that i can i'm not gonna pretend like i can't um so i'll watch for entertainment but for the most part it's like we 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 see that the coverage is very geared towards one thing or the other. We're not seeing every single shot, and what that what I've noticed over the last four or five years, just kind of following along in this little Twitter bubble we're all in, is that a lot of people kind of develop biases from that coverage based on a couple things that they've seen. And right. so I try to not pick up anything from the coverage because I'm not going to be good enough to pick up the good things and ignore the bad things. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll look at – it's the basic stats because a lot of what I'm doing, just PGA-wise, I mean, it's – I've noticed that the the deeper I get into it, the worse I do. If I just kind of simplify my process, kind of look at – just keep it simple with the form stuff, try to find some basic course fit guys, people who are playing well on courses that they maybe probably shouldn't have based on the numbers, not necessarily – a lot of form stuff comes down to, oh, they top five oh they top 10. I'm kind of looking a little bit further down than that. People, maybe like a Kevin kids are going to a bomber course and taking like 17th where right. it's finding types like that, where they played above their expectations, above what they, what we think they should have going to a course that should fit them better. And maybe the odds aren't adjusting quite as much because they didn't have that, that super high end finish. Like, the books maybe not taking notice of a 19th or a 21st or a 17th place finish, something like that, where a sixth or a fifth or a fourth, something like that is good enough to cut their odds down. So just trying to find those little spots.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's important. I, I, I know I was, uh, I was looking back through my, uh, my Google drive and just looking at the stuff that I used to write up and like what I used to pay attention to is so funny now because I'm like, I was so deep in the weeds, just trying to be like, you know, the, the smartest, uh, smartest guy in the room and, uh, really just sort of taking a couple, uh, taking like a 30,000 foot view, uh, seems to have, seems to have helped me quite a bit, uh, personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard when you're diving in that deep, just because I mean, we, we talk strokes gained all the time, but not every tournament has strokes gained. So how do you figure that in? It's right. There's nothing like even on the PGA tour, which is, has the most in-depth stats of anything, basically it, it's still not, completely comprehensive like i mean are we going to get it for the masters probably not i mean and that's (laughs) these are some of the most important tournaments out there the majors for a long time we didn't get any strokes gained for so it's like all right well we have all this data but then we don't have it for the tournaments that actually like matter to these guys so how do we how do we do that so it's just there was always like blind spots and holes within the the data we were always looking at so deep diving into it never really benefited me as much as it may some other people
0: yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely uh you can you can kind of twist yourself into uh uh a pretzel a little bit, uh trying to trying to make sense of all the numbers that they that the PGA tour keeps track of, basically. Yeah. All right, before we get back into the show, I want to uh tell you guys about one of our new sponsors, TheraOne C B D. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions, that's the important part, the natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim to be organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler, and some of these fillers are potentially toxic. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, you can use the body balm for targeted relief, and they even have a sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. Now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you have to go to Theragon.com/bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something that they are likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire only until Labor Day. So go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire and get your buy one, get one deal today. So what's when you uh odds are posted, you know, Monday morning, uh what's your what's your first step? Are you are you just looking for trying to catch those, you know, off numbers right in the beginning? Uh and how how do you work your way from outright odds being posted to uh to tee off before we before we get into more of the live ad stuff?
1: Saturday and Sunday night I kinda especially if it's a course we know what we're going into. I I have We'll have the fields out and everything like that. So we have a generic idea of who's playing. And then if it's a course that we know pretty well, then you can kind of whittle it down from there to like 15, 20 guys that you're going to be looking at. And then from there, it's like the odds are you're going to immediately cut out 10 of those for sure. They're just going to undercut anything, whether it's because they played well or because of course history is going to factor into it. Um, a lot of things will go in there. So and from there, it's just kind of cutting it down to those five, 10 guys and then it just kind of comes down to how I want to construct my card. Like some of the courses, it tends to be more of a long shot type of thing because there's no real high end favorite that I'm looking at. Some of the times, it's uh, it's a it's two guys at the top, one long shot, and I'm done. It kind of depends. I'm I'm very flexible with that depending on what I'm offered. Like I'm not really. A lot of people will be like, all right, I got to have one guy in the 30s and one guy at the 40s, and one guy at the 66, and one guy at the top of the board, and then two, three long. Sh-. Like they're kind of they kind of put themselves in a spot where they're, they're trying to fit the same profile every single week. I'll, I'll have the same sort of allocation like money wise, but how that's diverse, how that's spread out can vary. It could be two guys. It could be nine guys. It just kind of depends on what I'm throwing. And right. I, I have a generic idea, a lot of tournaments, especially like, I mean, a lot of it, we'll talk like these lower end tournaments, the Puerto Rico opens, things like that, where it's like, we I, I'll just fire like it. Eight, nine long shots, maybe in the week, and maybe bet like one guy at 66 and just be done. Or right. like, and then we're talking like the playoff this week, for instance, like I'm basically at Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger at the top, and I'm done. So it's there's not so there's you can go two, you can go 10. It doesn't matter to me. The total number of golfers doesn't matter as much as the money I'm spending on it. And if you're going 20 and 20, then you're done. Or you can go 100, 100, 100, 100, rack up those triple digit guys and yeah. find a way to put it together that way.
0: Yeah. So, our, as far as as far as sizing goes, I know it seems like there's uh, there's a few different schools of thought as far as what uh, you know how much you're risking unit wise on outrights versus top fives top tens top twenties. Um, I know you uh, you're obviously big in the the outrights. Uh, are you are you also adding uh, into some of these other markets or are you mostly uh, are you mostly just going for outrights? Uh, it depends a week to week just because
1: there's only a, a couple books that I'll play the top, the place bets on. If I, mm-hmm. if I know a, if I, if there's a dead heat, I'm not going to play it. I don't play place bets there. I'll only play on the books who don't have the dead heat rules. Um, Cause I'm not going to play at the shop. And so, because it's just so hard, like you get top 20s and then you're tied for 19th. I want the full payout. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. greedy like that. I'm greedy like that. So basically when it comes down to it, like it, are you giving me the number that I want in that spot? Basically for like a top five plays, like if I'm an, I can kind of manufacture some sort of each way where I'm getting about like one fifth of the outright odds and I'll play it books don't offer it to me, then I don't. Sometimes I, I miss out on a guy taking fourth. And it's just one of those things I I've, I've learned to live with. I'm comfortable with that situation. Just cause I don't want to pay one eighth of the odds of an outright to get a top five play. Like nobody else is doing that. Like that's not what we see when people are betting each ways. That's not what they're doing. When people are betting right. top fives, that's not what they're doing. So I'm not gonna force it in my situation just because I don't have access to those each way bets that a lot of the overseas guys do. Um, Top 10s, I don't really play that often. Top 20s is is more of a long shot type thing. Again, um, probably like 125th, I guess, would be the nice little range. You're never going to get like 120th, but like the 125th spot of those outright odds. So you're talking like a 6-1 to on a 150-1 to shot type thing. Um, Again, with no chop, that ends up kind of paying off a little bit. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm looking at with those sorts of things. It's just kind of staying in that range. Sometimes... I'm offered it. Sometimes I'm not. So it, it fluctuates week to week on what I actually have the top fives on just because it's not really in my control.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if we could, if we could find a way uh, to, to figure out each ways in the United States, that would be uh, that would be pretty cool at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slowly, but surely. I mean, cause bet three, six, five has them. And as they as it gets a little bit further along than uh, with the betting legalization stuff, then we can get there. I know New Jersey has it with Bet 365 so if you're lucky enough to be in one of the couple of states that has has access to them then you can do it um just hopefully over time it, it spreads out
0: yeah i'm just uh i'm just on the wrong side of the bridge for that so uh <laughs> be, being in new york we we uh you either have to uh you know find find an offshore or go uh for me it would be like a, a five or six hour drive uh to to the you know brick and mortar uh yeah. place where you could actually place a bet nice so, uh, you know, we we spoke a little bit back and forth uh, through DMs. I I really wanted to get you on to pick your brain a little bit uh, when it comes to uh, adding in in Torney. So you have your card, uh, your set. You know, everything everything goes off on Thursday. Um, what what sort of situations um, in the let's say like pre cut? Uh, are going to lead you to wanna wanna add a guy um, in tourney?
1: Um, kind of the the normal stuff that everyone's kind of looking at. Just hot ball striker who who didn't really necessarily putt that well, and it's kind of like luring lingering three four shots back. I think that's kind of a pretty well known thing that a lot of people go after. I mean it's it's not necessarily the guys who we always see it. I kinda always reference like the Ben Ans, the Keegan Bradley's like that could be them literally every single week. You could live <laughs> live add them. It's kind of looking for guys who who aren't necessarily um in that spot like a lot of people did it with dj this week it worked out i didn't do it my card was too full to add him at 20 to one because i had already screwed up and added bad guys um but a lot of people could have jumped in on that that after that first round he was still 20 to one he had hit the irons great the driver wasn't there but with dj that's not really a thing to worry about because you know the driver can flip around and it was just his putting wasn't good so i mean he led the field i believe in approach that first day or was right up there so, it was another situation where, if you had that room on the card, you can you can jump in and he kind of just goes from there. Uh, but yeah, we see it all the time. Uh, guys just kind of catch hot putters or the ball striking just fine. Um, one of the ones that really almost turned out fine was answer at Heritage. He was lingering in like three four back. They right. hung a hundred hundred and twenty five to one on him because he hadn't he hadn't uh, shown the that kind of form yet. like I mean, he's been playing fine, but it was so early in the return and he hadn't really done anything to that level. So he's kind of lurking there and he just kind of caught fire a little bit with the putter and the ball strike was there like all week and almost took it down with Webb. But yeah, it's just those sorts of things that everyone's doing. Um, and then kind of going on there, a lot of what I'll do live is it's not really adding outright. Cause my cards are, they're not full, but there's probably only room for like one or two guys. And it's usually a triple digit type guy in that spot. It's a lot more just finding matchups and, and three balls and things like that. And with, like, three balls, a lot of people like to play those. Obviously, you get a little bit longer odds. Um, the one spot I like to go to is, is kind of that last guy, whatever whoever it may be, the third guy of the three ball in the odds range. It has to be at least, like, plus 200. Usually, you're getting, like, plus 250, plus 300. But trying to find somebody who played fine, not necessarily, like, they blew the doors off. They're killing it ball striking and bad putting. It's just like they had a solid overall decent round shot, a couple under ball striking was fine. Putting was fine. And they're running in with two guys who maybe didn't hit the ball very well. Right. And usually there's one or two spots after that first round where you can kind of find that. And again, it's not target. It's not finding that situation. It's, it's always finding that bottom guy. Cause I mean, I've run into the situation too, where you're finding the ball strikers up at the top, but you're also, it's the favorite. It's like, the the one I always reference is Colin Markella because he's got, he's a guy I've gotten into trouble with in this spot. Like he's going he's been paired in these random pairings before he kind of blew up. And he's always the ball striker who wasn't putting very well. That was kind of who he was until about the last two or three months. Um, But he would get in these weird pairings, but he would always be like a clear kind of favorite. He'd be like even money or something like that. And it's just so hard for these guys to just necessarily beat two guys clear without, without uh, without maybe a tie or something like that in there. Right. And, and then when you throw the dead heat in there and you're betting even money on it, it's basically like uh, you're breaking even or you're losing money. But where if you're, if you're betting that plus 200, plus 250 type range, even a dead heat is going to turn you, it's not going to turn you like a full unit profit. But if you're betting a unit on that, you can still make a little bit and get out of there with it. And it was a decent little, decent little win for you. So those right. are the type of things like live that I'm usually looking at. Um, it's just the matchups mostly.
0: Yeah. So let's say, uh, you know, you start just for for round number's sake, uh, y- you start the week with a hundred bucks. Uh, how much are you, are you setting aside uh, to, to play around with for the, you know, the adding, adding live?
1: Um, if it's like, if it's outright outright, uh, it's probably like 25. Like I, I've probably spent, I probably do like 75% of my stuff before a tournament. Um, okay. At, in, in play, it's really just one or two guys just because I just, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I don't really want to invest too much. And I mean, I guess could always change too. It's, it's a lot it comes down to what I'm, what I'm getting bet or what I'm being offered to if it, if i haven't really spent anything if i didn't like anything pre-tournament i have no problem just holding it back like i don't i'm not one of those guys who's going to bet the exact same amount of money every single week too right. i have a i have a like a budget but it doesn't necessarily have to fall into that like if i if i bet if i'm planning to bet like 3 units or whatever 300 bucks that week then I may have already, I may have only just bet like 150 if the odds were just bad. And I just bet a bunch of long shots. Like if I didn't like the top or something like that, and then I just wait and see what happens or I may have spent it all and just been done. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I move on with my life to the next week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: I've, I've had plenty of those weeks, so I, I can relate to that. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, we did, we did get a couple of questions from, uh, from sloppy bets before. So, uh, he, he was hoping that you could shed some light on the best Canadian on the tour right now.
1: Canadian. Um, the only Canadian. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. <laughs> yeah. The only Canadian who I, I'm in good, in good stead with is uh, Corey Connors because he hit Valero for me at 100 last year. So, so him and I are tight. Never, never won anything with Taylor or Hadwin or those guys. So I'll am all, all back Corey Connors until one of those other guys comes, uh, comes through for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the amount of times that I've uh, that I've played top 20s on Nick Taylor since the restart uh, for for him to make the cut and uh, and just completely shit the bed on Sunday. (laughs) I like I can't I've had a a real mental block on on Mr. Taylor lately. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: rough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. I don't really know what to do with most of these guys. So that's that's the joy of of just betting outright. So I, DFS, you kind of got to look at the whole whole thing and find the values everywhere. With outrights, so I can just like ignore like eighty percent of these guys because they're not going to win right. the tournament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm not looking for sixteenth place. That doesn't help me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, we do. Uh, we have a question in the chat as well, uh, and I think this this is an interesting uh, sort you know sort of an interesting thing to think about because I think we see it in a lot of sports. Um, I know for sure uh, playing NFL DFS and uh, just just in general, like the hive mind of of Twitter can get a little crazy sometimes. Uh, it, just saying, like, it seems like golf Twitter is is always sort of on the same people. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Like, how, how do we uh, do you feel better when you're sort of on an island uh, <laughs> when you start seeing cards come out? Uh, or do you, do you even pay attention to it? Do you even care? Like, I mean, I guess in DFS, it's a different, it's more, it's a different conversation because then you're, you know, throwing an ownership, uh, along with that. But if you're, if you're getting good numbers on outrights, I guess it doesn't matter quite as much, right?
1: No outrights. It's fine. Um, just because, I mean, if I bet 25 to one, it doesn't matter. What you, if, if you have it too, it's not like horse racing where you're cutting into my win. Like we're, <laughs> we're good to go. Let's go, let's go win the thing. But, uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, everybody's looking at the same stuff. Like, like, I think it's it's all out there. Like, I mean, form is out there. Like, we know what these guys did last week. We know what their strokes gained are. We have all the data in front of us, and we know – and a lot of people are looking at the same stuff. Like, we all kind of have come to the conclusion that driving and ball striking iron play is more repeatable than the short game stuff. Um one spot I might be a little bit different is a lot of people go full on T to green. And I don't, I just, I cut around the green stuff out. I go ball striking in short game and break it down that way. Cause I find short game is probably just as tough to repeat as putting is just because a lot of that comes down to like, what kind of crappy lie did you get in the bunker? Where did you miss? Did you miss short side? Things like that. And a lot of that's not necessarily Uh, like they don't factor in for lie in the uh in the strokes gain data you're just you're 20 you're 30 yards from the pin did you get a good lie did you get a bad lie there's no way to know that so some of that comes down to luck i feel like that around the green stuff is luck but yeah i mean going into the tournament like i mean cam smith probably gonna be popular this week just because he's he was second to dj in the approach outside of the guys on this field like that's what we're looking at. Like, it's just all the same data. Like at some point everybody has the numbers there and we have a generic idea of what works. And the only way to to get away from that is probably to go further down the board and try to find guys that are like 10th in ball striking instead of like picking right. the top guys and who had the bad putting weeks. Um, and then like, I mean, I do a lot of the other tour stuff and it's even worse there because you have even less data to go off of. So you literally only have, Form And then you got maybe driving distance, maybe driving accuracy, and maybe greens and regulation. And then maybe you know what the course is depending right. on which tour it is.
0: Yeah. And, and who the hell knows, you know, how many times they're measuring driving distance and yeah, a, if they so just right. missed, if they just missed one drive and the averages are off, like there's, there's plenty of problems with the, with the lower tours for sure.
1: Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, we don't, we just don't know. Like, I mean, it comes down to literally if you, if you don't want to end up on the same people, you have to be looking at stats that are completely different or just not looking at stats in general. Like maybe that's what you're doing. Like you just go straight off the course history or a course fit sort of thing. And you just ignore the numbers and around that. Or you're just at that point, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do to get off of some of these guys. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we, we see that, uh, you know, on the DFS side, uh, you know, just how, how guys ownership like takes off. Uh, some of it is super obvious, like, you know, Webb a couple weeks ago at the Wyndham, like, of course he's going to be, you know, over 30% owned. Um, but other times you're like, how the hell, how is Bryce Garnett? Like, you know, 9% owned this week when he's made, you know, exactly like 40% of his cuts on the year. Like some of it, some of it's just, uh, just gets a little weird sometimes.
1: All it takes is one or two of the right people saying a name and it's, it's
0: over. Right, I'm not, exactly. I'm not really one of those people, but there are those people. We all know who they are. <laughs>
1: they yep. can they can move numbers. I'm not a number mover, but some <laughs> people are.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it it's it's just super interesting. And doing doing the ownership projections uh for for Roto-Viz, I think is has been interesting uh over the past two years, just seeing uh like how some like I said, just some guys pick up so much steam and you're just looking at it like I have no idea. I have no idea how this is even happening right now. Um all right, let's uh let's hit some sort of uh you know, some some rapid fire sort of deals here. Who who is the guy that I'm sure you know this, who is the guy that has made you the the most money? Is there a guy you've hit outright a couple times? Uh
1: um Webb's the guy I've hit the most outrights on. I hit him US Open back in the day. That was one of my first bigger wins, and then I hit him at the players, and then I hit him this year at um uh, Heritage. Uh, and then Keith Mitchell's won me the most money Yeah, when he won the Honda. That was my most, biggest single one.
0: Gotcha. What about, what about the opposite? Who's uh, who, who's who are one or some of your, uh, your bugaboos that you've, you've bet on a lot and haven't, haven't found the right side.
1: I think Bryson's the guy I probably struggle with the most just back in the day. He always had like decent numbers and I probably found myself on him like five or six times. And I've never been on his wins like, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I'm now it's basically he's priced out of my range. I don't bet those type of guys. Even right. back when he was like 70, 80 to 1, 50 to 1, 66 to 1, like, I, I was never, it wasn't like I was against him or anything. I was just, he popped up and then he wouldn't win and then I'd get off him and he would win. So he, he was, he, him and I never, never really aligned. And now that he's in the range he is, we'll probably, it'll probably be a few years before he maybe drifts back into my range again
0: yeah i mean just just generally like the the number like what is what is d j this week like
1: eight to one eight hundred yeah. like
0: yeah. i mean if if you're if you're wanting to bet that like what at that point like that's my card like that would be i've done it i'll do it maybe
1: once a year um where if i i just like a guy at the top that's it, but that's my card like if i go eight to one ten to one twelve to one maybe I throw in like 150 to one shot, but that's it. Like it's a two person card. I don't have room after that to go 12 to one and then 30 to one and then 50 to one. Like that's, so if I have, if I do that, it has to be something where I, I feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, it doesn't usually work out very well. I think the last time I did, it was like Rory at match play and he got beat by tiger. So that didn't go well. <laughs> and I think the only time it ever worked out for me, was when DJ won. I want to say it was, Riviera maybe mm-hmm. yeah, I think he had to was like eight to one and kind of ran away with it I had to play 36 holes that last day that was about the only time it's ever worked out out of yeah. like five times I've done it in the last four years
0: yeah and that's like it's it's just very hard to tell yourself a story that there's that there's value there especially in a week you know like this week where um there are there are plenty of guys uh that have win equity that's why they're still uh they're still playing this week so um it's yeah, that's a, that's a tough sell uh, most weeks, but it's definitely a tougher sell uh, during the playoffs with all the top guys playing. Um, do you have any, uh, have any good bad beat stories for us? I know that the people love the, uh, the despair.
1: Um, the PGA worst beat was probably when Bo Hoster lost to Poulter. Um, I think he was when where I was watching it live. He was minus 900 on the 18th green. Like he was up by one. Poulter had to hold that 25 footer to even get into a playoff and he did it. And then won from there. Um, worldwide, I've had some weird stuff uh, like Corn Ferry a couple of years ago. I uh, had Roberto Diaz in the clubhouse up by two on a part, and the 18th hole is a par five. And Ethan Tracy hold out the wedge from 100 yards to get into a playoff and then won the playoff. So that's probably the worst one ever. There's another one in Japan a couple of years ago where I had a two way tie on the 18th hole. And then the other guy in the group was one back, and I didn't have him, and I lost it without a playoff because he birdied the hole, and both guys bogeyed. <laughs> oh, so that's so, that's tough. So those are the three that come to mind: uh, one in Japan, one in Corn Ferry, and then the PGA. Outside of that, though, I, I've been pretty lucky, especially this year. Like, I it, it's it's gone pretty well. Like, I don't like normally I'm like 25, 30 second places a year it feels like, and this time I have like three, <laughs> is- like Corn Ferry. Fa- <laughs> Corn Ferry, it's just been like a non-stop like come from behind session. I haven't had a second place there all year and hit five outrights. None of them had the lead after fifty-four holes. I've just been watching guys collapse. It's been weird. <laughs> it's not, normally that doesn't happen. Next year it'll be reversed or whatever. Yep. I'll, I'll find another tour, like the senior tour where I haven't hit anything. And well now Phil will just go there and win all the tournaments and I won't ever win again
0: yeah exactly He he's just gonna he's gonna make everybody rich off of uh plus 180s every week or whatever yep yeah,
1: yep yeah, just double them with everything else you're betting
0: <laughs> exactly um all right let's uh let's close it out with uh what what do you think is uh is a pretty big mistake that you see uh you know other other bettors or people putting out their cards uh make on a weekly basis that you uh that you would uh give some advice for
1: Uh, For just people that are out there tailing, I would say, uh, just kind of understand what the person you're tailing with's goal is. And what I mean by that, like, my goal and win rate doesn't have to be the same as somebody else's for us to break even. Other people are putting out cards where they need to hit it like one out of every four or five times to break even. My card is usually in that one out of 10, one out of 11 type range. So just understand what you're wanting to do, understand what they're trying to do and kind of match it up with your risk, I guess, the, what you're willing to risk on that, just because it's easy to like, we, we all hit winners. We have all, we've all done that. Um, We're all going to continually see people hit winners, but the, what can get you into trouble is when you find the people that are hitting a winner once every six weeks or so but they need to hit it once every four weeks or like me if i'm hitting it once every, i might hit a winner but i need to if if it's not like if i'm not hitting one a month then it somewhere in the world then it's a bad month there like i need to keep going like it's it's one of those things where i i think just yeah just understand what they're trying to do and, and find what matches what you're trying to do best and a lot of people yeah they'll just it just kind of depends on on what you're willing to risk, how often you can willing to lose. Like I'm, I'm fine losing for a month. Like I mean, it doesn't. Like I, it's all built in there. I'm not gonna. Right. I'm a, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna lose 40 PGA tournaments a year. I'm fully comfortable with that. If it, if it's a good year, if it's a the best year of my life, I might lose 35 of them. So. Right. Like it's it's one of those things that's built into what I'm trying to do, and just kind of understand what other people are trying to do before you really jump in and and tag along with all of us because mm-hmm. you could really go a bunch of different directions.
0: Yeah, I think also uh just in addition to that, whenever whenever you're tailing anybody and this is sort of just uh, sports in general, I I think golf probably sees a little bit less uh to in some situations less line movement. Um but you if you're if you're following somebody and they're, you know, saying that 66 is a good number, it doesn't mean that 50 is a good number. Uh I think that that's something that gets lost uh, by a lot of people. Like you can, you can see guys tailing and uh, you know that just because somebody betted at 66, doesn't mean that they would have betted at 50 uh, once it moves when it gets to uh, the time that you see it on Twitter or whatever.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those, some of these will move pretty quick, especially early on. There's people who will, who will put some stuff out there that can, that can move some markets again, not me, but a couple of people can. Um, but yeah, like you're saying there, it's uh, shop around. Definitely make sure you're finding the right numbers. It's not necessarily the players; it's a numbers game for a lot of people. So yeah, the numbers more important than the guy that you're actually betting.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, thanks, thanks so much for uh, for joining me tonight. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I think uh, there was there were some good nuggets in here, and hopefully the uh, the people at home uh, enjoyed it. Make sure again that you were following Josh at joshua perry 22 on twitter and you can find all of his great work over at the action network uh thanks again man appreciate it yeah no problem anytime man did somebody say playoffs nba and nhl are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online have you covered get in on all the action including a new nba bracket contest with plenty of chances to win mlb season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.